Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This week, the Financial Times is busting some rhymes. Bobby Seagull, the maths teacher and star of University Challenge, celebrates National Numeracy Day by unleashing his maths rap on the nation to show how being confident with numbers really adds up. Is your gas bill set to rise as three of the big energy companies put up prices? Paul Lewis, Radio 4's Moneybox presenter, examines a new claim that could knock nearly £50 off the average gas bill. And would you like to win £1,000? Rosie Carr from the Investors Chronicle joins me to explain how. Welcome to The Money Show, the FT's weekly podcast on personal finance and investing. I'm Claire Barrett, FT Money Editor, bringing you this week's money news. Regular listeners of The Money Show... Do not adjust your headsets. We are about to embark on a mathematical, musical experiment in honour of the UK's first ever National Numeracy Day. I've written lots of articles for the FT in my time, but this is the first time I've written a song, or rather a backing track, so our special guest, Bobby Seagull, FT Money columnist, can show off his mastery of maths and some criminal rhymes. Are we ready? Hit it! Well, Bobby, I hope you like the tune I've written for you. Shall I start you off? Go for it. Okay, here we go. Have you ever thought that there's something funny? There's more month left than you've got money. Working hard, yet you're overdrawn. So where has all your money gone? Solution's easy, can't you see? You need to improve your numeracy. My name's Bobby Seagon. I love math and no... No psychopath. Claire Barrett from Financial Times is joining me to bust some rhymes in praise of maths, but especially for those who are sitting there GCSE. Ah, uh, many people sitting there GCSE. Seven plus three. You've got some, even from the BBC. Susan seems to see go. You can call me Bobby. You see, maths and me is more than just a hobby. Two twos are four, four twos are eight. Starting with your tables would be just great. Trigonometry is all about the angle. Ratio sign cos, but don't get in a tangle. Area of a circle, pi r squared. Pi times two r, circumference if you can. Y equals m per c, just straight line. And the gradient, see the intercept be mine. Numerator over denominator. Better get it right, or see, I'll see you later. Ooh, I'm scared. Be scared. Have you ever given anyone a detention? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm worried now. Okay. 
Kids and adults need to learn the things that will make your money burn. Have confidence in your number skills and you will spend less on your bills. Don't like maths? Well, listen up, haters. Your life improves with a calculator. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you like that? You like love that? that, love I've, that. I've, got, I've got more. I've got more. Landlords, banks and even your boss. If you're not good with numbers, well, they'll rip you off. You can end up paying more than you ought for Sky TV or BC Sport. Whatever you earn... It's up to you to make your money work really hard for you. Unexpected bill? Can you absorb it? A dream holiday? Could you afford it? Max out your credit card? Holy moly! You'll get rich quick, but you'll get poor slowly. Only repay the minimum whack. It could take you decades just to pay it all back. I hope that you're not the kind of guy who only does the minimum repayment, Bobby. Max, max, max. <laughs> Take it away for National Numeracy Day. You keep improving what you know. When you get a job, you learn more dough. Take the online test today at nationalnumeracy.org.uk. Don't be scared, just have a go. If you get things wrong, the test will show exactly what you need to do to make those numbers work for you. Improve your skills and get on track. Take the test, it's time to fight back. Mass can give back power to the people. That's why we're all numbers, numbers people. people. <laughs> oh, fantastic. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I have to say, it's a first for the FT. I, I did ask earlier in the week, so <laughs> have we ever done a rap before? And the, an and, and answer came back, uh, no. <laughs> but it's certainly taken me out of my... Um, comfort zone but then this is the whole point of national numeracy day that lots of people need to get out of their comfort zone and try and engage more with maths with numbers with the real economy and with their own personal finances yeah so it's all about just yeah pushing yourself out of the comfort zone um and again we have that shocking stat from national numeracy that nearly one in two adults in the uk have the numeracy skills we'd expect from an 11 year old so a kid at the end of key stage two in primary school and that's clearly not an acceptable place to be Okay, so we've got that problem. How do we deal with it? We need people to face up to the fact that they can't do maths right now, but you can still improve. It's something that as an adult, you can still take steps. I think National Numeracy has something called the Essentials of Numeracy, where people can look at their current skills and then have resources and what they can do to improve so we can all get better. Indeed, and even I did the did the test, yes. and lots of my colleagues at the FT have um, have done it. And you know, I didn't score quite so high <laughs> as, as, as some of them, but it doesn't matter because I, you know, I got more than eighty, which is the the, the benchmark. Yeah. And um, you know, I challenged I challenged myself. But the children that you teach at school, um, a secondary school mm-hmm. age, um, but you've written in your FT column before that you feel that there is a feeling amongst um, a lot of young people, a lot of adults, frankly, as well, that they don't do maths. Mm. Maths is a, you know, it's not the part of the brain that they've got. There's always some excuse. But, you know, why is it that people hate maths? Yeah, I think it's, one is people do say, oh, you've either got it or not. There's a myth of the maths brain. Um, Of course, there's a spectrum of ability. Some people, you know, could end up creating new mathematical equations. But most of us, we don't need to do that. We just need to be functional and use maths on a practical day-to-day basis. And I think when people get crosses, that dreaded cross in a a maths exam book or a maths uh, classwork, it sort of puts them off the subject. And then for the rest of their life, they think, I can't do maths. So just overcoming the attitude. The same thing like, you know, a skill like driving or riding a bike or learning to paint, something that we can all develop. We're not all going to be Michael Schumacher or Da Vinci, but we can all be competent. 
Now, you helped me with um, this article in FT Money um, yes. on Saturday about numeracy and how um, you can see, you know, life improving with a calculator, calculator yeah. right there Don't on be the cover. Haters. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the things that we looked at was how the finance industry can, you know, potentially profit from the fact that 50% of, um, of, of adults, as you say, are not very good mm-hmm. with numbers. And we looked at things like credit card bills and um, the way that information is, um, you know, presented on bank statements, like overdraft mm-hmm. charges being daily sort of seem like very small amounts that can kind of trick people into thinking that they're getting a good deal when they're perhaps um, not. Now, this is not complex maths. It's really kind of quite simple um, arithmetic often, but people um, aren't making that connection. And you have argued that one of the solutions could be to have more urban maths, uh, to coin your phrase, within the GCSE papers, a better context for people to practice their math skills in. Absolutely. Like As a mathematician, again, my disclaimer is I do love things like Pythagoras theorem, trigonometry. I think they're cool. But for a lot of young people, they don't see the purpose of that. So obviously, whilst that's probably still in the curriculum, you need to increase the component of things that are really relevant, like working out interest rates, compound interest. What does APR mean and how will that be applied to a question? Because if kids can see the relevance to their daily lives or their future lives, they will just take so much more interest. And then perhaps you can chuck in the odd Pythagoras and trigonometry. And I liked your idea of having um, like a 10 mark GCSE question, getting them to compare you know, two bank accounts yeah. or even two mobile phone contracts, which is something that they're quite likely to encounter. As yeah, and I think almost one thing, I'd almost make it so that there isn't definitely a correct answer. As long as the students can go through the working, um, show how they've come to a final conclusion, because in real life, we know that there isn't an obvious answer all the time. But as long as you can justify why you've picked contract X over contract Y, then that's where you're making progress. Excellent. And um, as we say, show, show your working. Show yes. Your, I think you've shown more than your, <laughs> your working today. Thank you so much for, for coming in. Always a pleasure. In a packed day for you. That's Bobby Seagull, FT economist, math teacher extraordinaire and ambassador for the UK's National Numeracy Charity. If you're inspired um, to read more, you can see Bobby's column on how to inject a more urban flavour into GCSE maths online now at ft.com slash money. And even if you missed National Numeracy Day on Wednesday, the 16th of May, check out their website, www www.numeracyday.com where you can take part in the number quiz mentioned. Thanks, Bobby. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Millions of energy customers of NPower, British Gas and Scottish Power will see their bills rise in coming weeks and months as three of the big six push through price rises. However, one energy consultancy has made a bold claim that the average customer is already being overcharged for their gas bills. Are you intrigued? Well, so is Paul Lewis, the freelance journalist and presenter of BBC Radio 4's Moneybox, who joins me now on the line. Welcome, Paul. Hi, Claire. So what kind of sums are we talking about here? Well, this energy consultancy, Kinetis, claims that it could be almost £50 a year for the average domestic gas customer. Um, So over the whole of of Great Britain, which has piped gas, it's close on a billion pounds a year. So significant sums. Now, it's basically to do with the way that gas is measured? Yeah, it's a bit sciencey, Claire. Um, Take you back to your physics lessons. Um, Gas expands when it gets hotter and contracts when it gets cooler. And similarly, as you go higher up into the Earth's atmosphere, it expands again. You're familiar with that on an aeroplane when your ears pop. Now, what Kinetis is saying, and this is the the non-controversial bit, really, is that the the gas going into your meter has to be at the right temperature and pressure. Otherwise, if it's too big, the meter, which measures the volume of the gas, will get its 
its measurement wrong. It will say there's more energy going in because the gas is simply a bigger volume. And it claims that Britain is slightly higher in the atmosphere than the standard that the law lays down. So the gas has a slightly bigger volume. It also says that because the gas goes into the meter normally in a room, which is often a heated room, mm. the temperature of the gas is considerably higher than the standard temperature which the, the formulas use, which is about 12 degrees. So for those two reasons, there's a bigger volume of gas going through, and that means there's, there's, you're getting less energy out of it for what you're paying. But there's a third element which is unique to Kinetis, and this is the slightly controversial one. It claims that the gas meters, which mainly still are the old mechanical ones that you sort of you can actually hear them sometimes chunking away Clicking, as the gas yeah. goes through. Um, they have a bellows inside and a series of cogs that turn the dial. And obviously they're subject to, to legal requirements about their accuracy. Now, Kinetis says that the accuracy tests make unrealistic assumptions about how much gas goes through the meter. And where modern devices, they're very efficient, they don't take that much gas. And at these lower levels of gas going through, the meter is at its maximum inaccuracy. And guess what? It overestimates the volume. So there are three errors that make the volume measured, which is what we're charged on, um, too big, uh, bigger than it should be. So we're charged too much. So in theory... Um... This scientific research is all very fine, saying, you know, frankly, believable stuff about why we're being overcharged. But what's the solution to this? <laughs> well, the problem is that the solution is is kind of ruled out by the law because the law sets the figures that the, the gas industry has to use. What Kinesis says is that these rules should be looked at again. The practical thing for any of us to do, if we ever have our gas meter moved, is to make sure it's as low down and uh, in as cool a place as possible, because that will shave a bit off our gas bill. Um, Ofgem, the regulator, has looked at some aspects of this, and it has said that correcting for temperature and pressure at the meter, yes, it could be done, but it would cost far more than any potential savings. Mm. And it's kind of completely ruled it out because the new smart meters that we all hear about have no way of measuring temperature or pressure. I mean, guess what? The consultancy that's saying all this has got a little device that does just that. But at the moment, it wouldn't be, well, it would be legal to fit one to your meter, but it couldn't be used to adjust your bill. Well, a story to be watched with interest. Thank you very much there to Paul Lewis. And may I just say, it's always a gas to have you on the FT Money Show. You, you can you read so Paul's much. column now, your gas bill is rising, and it's probably wrong, on ft.com slash money now. We all love to complain when something goes wrong. Well, I do, anyway. But how many of us bother to praise financial services companies when they give us great service? That is what the annual Investors Chronicle Awards seek to do, and it's the time of year when we're jointly calling upon FT and IC readers to tell us who they rate. Joining me now to discuss is the Investors Chronicle's Deputy Editor, Rosie Carr. Rosie, it's great to have you back on The Money Show. Very nice to be here, Claire. So tell us about the awards and how they can help investors, how they're decided. Okay, well, the awards are actually called the um, Investment and Wealth Management Awards. And as you know, we run them in FT Money and we run them in Investors Chronicle and obviously online. 
and they're designed to find out which financial services firms, such as stockbrokers and investment platforms, are most highly rated by their customers. Now, we know that share dealing and investment accounts can be very difficult to compare because there are so many different points of comparison. Um, And choosing a stockbroker or an investment platform isn't just about cost. It's about lots of other things, such as the customer service that comes with it, knowing that you can get through to somebody if you have questions, the extra support that's on offer, research maybe. How good the technology is. How good, Mm. yes, indeed, and how easy it is to use. Yeah. Maybe to correct a mistake, whatever. So that's why we ask people who use these service providers what they really think of them. Um, So we want people who use stockbrokers, investment platforms, SIP providers, ISA providers to tell us about their experience of using them and to rate them. And all the questions are based around the sort of things that you might ask your friends. You know, what's it like to use the, uh, the platform, if they're reliable, what the mobile access is like, what the charges are like, so on. So it's not, and it's not about the numbers of votes that companies get. It's about the ratings and the scores that the users give them. So it's about quality, not quantity. Very good. Now, with these categories, um, who won last year? Right. Well, I mean, there are there are lots of different categories. There are ones for stockbrokers, execution only, online for the the lowest cost um, stockbrokers, platforms, and so on. So some of the among the winners were Hargreaves, Lansdowne, Best Invest, Interactive Investor. They're all quite big players, so it's not really surprising. Um, ShareScope won the investment data provider. Then a relative newcomer to the UK retail market, DeGiro. I hope I've pronounced that right. They won the category of low-cost share dealing. Mm, I've seen their adverts. Yeah. But, you know, ultimately the results, they, they do change from year to year. The results, they're just a great starting point for anybody who's thinking of opening an investment account with a stockbroker or an investment platform and for anybody who's thinking of switching provider and why is it important that readers and listeners use their chance to vote? And how, crucially, do they do it? Right. Well, it's a very kind of simple questionnaire. It's very easy to fill in. It won't take long. And you might win £1,000 because we pick out one lucky respondent and they win £1,000. So the questionnaire is available online and also in the magazine and the newspaper. And because the awards are reader voted, it's very important for us to encourage people to do this. We want to use information and uh, the ratings from these people who use the services to tell us what they think of them. So it's a chance to tell us how great your provider is, or if they're really awful, you can tell us that as well. Excellent. And if you want to vote online, the full link is www.investorschronicle.co.uk slash vote. Um, the voting's open until the 12th of July and every eligible entry will be placed into the £1,000 prize draw and full terms and conditions are online. That's it for The Money Show this week. To give us your feedback or be put in touch with our team of experts, you can email us money at ft.com or tweet us at ftmoney or search for us on the iTunes podcast website at ftmoneyshow. We'll be back next week at the usual time. Goodbye. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited-edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes 
while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.